the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Listen, most of us, as I said, we know these promises. He's always with us. We know he'll never forsake us. The challenge we face is recognizing his presence every day of our lives counting on it, believing that he's there when we're going through one of those dark valleys. And you know what? We don't feel his presence. We don't sense his presence. And that's something that can very easily happen to any one of us. We just don't sense the presence of the Lord and feel like he's there for us. But that doesn't change the fact that he is present with us because why? He promised to be. Long, long ago, when my wife and I were newlyweds, we became good friends with our neighbors who were only a few years ahead of us in life. Their little boy was about three years old, and one of his favorite outdoor activities was to stand on the palm of his dad's hand. Pete would lift his little boy higher and higher until his hand could go no higher. Jeffy would stand perfectly still with his arms at his sides while Pete would walk around the yard, keeping the boy perfectly balanced. What a picture of the confidence we can have in our Good Shepherd. Suddenly, one day, Jeffy refused to play the game he had loved so much. Apparently, he started to think about what might happen and let his fear overcome his trust. I was there when that happened, and the look on Pete's face made it plain how much that hurt. What a sad picture of how we often hurt our good shepherd when we let our fears overcome our trust in him. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will continue our series of lessons from Psalm 23. We've come to verse 4, which says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though most of us know this verse by heart, we still tend to respond to uncertainty with fear. How much does this verse really affect our response to scary situations of life? Here's Pastor Steve with some encouragement. Folks, that's really the cure to all of our fears when we're going through a dark valley. It's to know that our shepherd is with us. He is so close that we can actually talk to him and say to him, no matter what evil is out there, Lord, I don't need to be afraid because you're with me and you're protecting me. And even if harm comes to me, it's in your sovereign will. See, literal sheep are by nature, I've told you before, they're really dumb animals, but they're, and animals that don't lie down easily, but they're also animals that are easily frightened, especially in new circumstances. They're not very adaptable, and they also lack good vision, so that when it's dark and they're traveling through a shadowy valley, the only way they derive their courage is from the fact that their shepherd, they know, is present with them, so close to them that they know that he'll protect them from any danger. That's exactly the way a good shepherd acts towards his sheep. That's how he acts when one is attacked. 
He, he will lay his life down in an effort to protect them and defend them. A number of years ago, Dr. John Davis of Grace Theological Seminary, actually at one time was president there. He took some time to travel and to work with some Bedouin Arab shepherds in Israel, learning how they took care of their sheep. Now concerning the way that these shepherds guarded and protected their flock, Dr. Davis writes these words in a book he wrote called The Perfect Shepherd. It's about his experience with these Bedouin shepherds. He writes this, you may take the flock yourself today, my son, but guard them, guard them well. He writes these words so heavy with responsibility were spoken to 15-year-old Abdul, who was about to take his father's flock to the grazing areas for the first time. Abdul's response in Arabic was both moving and meaningful to me. Literally translated, he said, I will guard them to the best of my strength, my life for theirs. Folks, that's how a good shepherd thinks and what he does to protect the life of his sheep. He guards them to the best of his strength and will die fighting for them if necessary. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 10 when he said that he was the good shepherd who would lay down his life for the sheep. And he made a contrast between a shepherd and a hireling, meaning a hired hand. A hireling is just someone who takes care of the sheep for money. He's paid to do this. It's only a job to him. He has no concern, really, for the sheep's welfare. And when he sees a wolf coming, he flees. He leaves the sheep because he's just a hired hand. He's not a shepherd. Jesus spoke of that in John 10. He said, in contrast to that, to a hireling, he's the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep. Now, the laying down of Christ's life for the sheep that's, he's talking about his death on the cross. That's the way he protected us from the ultimate danger and pain of all pains, God's eternal wrath. Christ took our place, was punished by experiencing the full fury of the Father's wrath that that we all deserved so that we could be forgiven of our sins because they've been paid for. And we could spend eternity in heaven with God. And now, as our great shepherd, he still protects us from evil. He still protects us from harm so that we don't ever need to be fearful, anxious, or afraid. See, though we walk in the dark valleys, we never walk alone because Jesus is always with us. That's what David says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. And that is what other scriptures affirm. This is something that many of us know. We can quote these verses, but think about this. Does it really impact the way you live? Listen to these scriptures. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Meaning I don't need to be afraid afraid of what man will do to me because you'll never abandon me. And I remind you, I remind you that when Jesus gave that very challenging, what we call the great commission, his disciples were to go into all the world. Think about that. How challenging that was to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel and make disciples outside of the boundaries of Israel. My guess is that most, if not all of those men had never even been outside the boundaries of Israel. 
he reminded them that they didn't need to be afraid because he said, I'm with you. Even to the end of the age, until I return, I am with you. In fact, one of the names of God is Emmanuel, which literally means God is with us. Listen, most of us, as I said, we know these promises. He's always with us. We know he'll never forsake us. The challenge we face is recognizing his presence every day of our lives, counting on it, believing that he's there when we're going through one of those dark valleys. And you know what? We don't feel his presence. We don't sense his presence. And that's something that can very easily happen to any one of us. We just don't sense the presence of the Lord and feel like he's there for us. But that doesn't change the fact that he is present with us because why? He promised to be. And we take it by faith. Certainly Job suffered like none of us have ever suffered. And Job tells us in Job chapter 23 that he didn't feel God's presence. He felt all alone. He didn't sense the warmth of God's smile on him. Listen to what Job said in chapter 23, starting in verse 8. He writes, behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he acts on the left, I cannot behold him. He turns on the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So here, here's Job admitting very honestly that he can't feel God's presence. He can't see him in his feelings. In fact, he says he can't see God at all in his life. But in spite of this feeling that Job had this no sense of God's presence, he says that he will trust God. That's what he means. I'll trust him to bring me through this trial as gold, pure and refined. See, the key to not being afraid as we go through the dark valley, even when we don't sense God's presence, the key is trusting his word to be true, regardless of how we feel. And by faith, sheer faith, we accept his promise that he's with us, and he's good, and he's strong, and he loves us, and he'll help us through any difficulty. His grace is always sufficient. Knowing that the Lord is with us and that we're not in this dark valley alone, this is what calms our fears. So that even though we might be attacked by all kinds of of evil in various forms, we trust him. Knowing that he won't let anything happen to us that is beyond his sovereign will and that he does use all things to work together for our good and his glory. Jerry Bridges, in his magnificent book, Trusting God Even When Life Hurts, he writes about his own personal struggle with trusting God during times of adversity. Here's what Jerry Bridges says. He says, for many years in my own pilgrimage of seeking to come to a place of trusting God at all times, he says, I'm still far from the end of the journey. I was a prisoner to my feelings. I mistakenly thought I could not trust God unless I felt like trusting him. And then he puts in parentheses, which I almost never did in times of adversity. Now, I'm still learning that trusting God is, first of all, a matter of the will and not dependent on my feelings. I choose to trust God, and my feelings eventually follow. Those are helpful words. And they're helpful, folks, because they affirm that the only way to stop letting fear control us is to trust that when God says he's with us, he really means it, and you can count on it. And this is more 
than a mere theological statement about God being everywhere at once. Listen, when David says, I will fear no evil for you are with me, he's not talking about the general truth of of God's omnipresence, that he's present everywhere at all times. That's true, but that's not really what David is talking about. No, David means that God is with him in the sense that he is with him, note this, to intervene to be active in his life, to protect him and to, to help him as he walks through those dark times of uncertainty. That's how David dealt with his fears by relying on God's promise to be with him, to protect him. Listen, he tells us very honestly about his fears in other Psalms. For example, Psalm 56, notice verses three and four. David says, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. And then he says in verse 4, In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. David very honestly admits that he, he was afraid, but he faced his fear by choosing, it's an act of his will, to trust God. And then he says, I'm no longer afraid. I was afraid, not afraid anymore not afraid anymore. And you know what? David was determined to live like this. This, is what, this wasn't just one experience in his life. He was determined to live like this, to live as if God was right beside him because God is right beside him. And he tells us about that in Psalm 16, verse 8, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. Verse 8, Psalm 16, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I mean, shaken with fear. What a tremendous statement. David chose to believe the truth that the Lord was always present with him, right at his right hand, and constantly then available to help him in any circumstance. And this, he says, is what gave him courage so that when trouble came, he was not shaking and trembling with fear. And it'll give you courage too. But you have to follow David's example of trusting, believing, counting on it that God is with you, even if you don't feel that as you walk through that dark valley. That's precisely what David is telling us here in Psalm 23, that the Lord as his shepherd was with him with every step he took in that dark valley. And this is what caused him to overcome all of his fearfulness. And he's saying this for our sake, not for his, so that we'll know how kind and tender and great and loving and strong our protector is. But I want you to notice what David says in the last part of verse 4. Because here he tells us that it wasn't simply the fact of the Lord's presence that gave him comfort and fear. It was the Lord's power to protect and care for him that was the real source of his comfort. The end of verse 4 says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's easy to overlook that. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What does he mean by this? Well, David mentions here two implements, two tools that shepherds of his day used that he said brought great comfort to him, the shepherd's rod and the shepherd's staff. Now, a shepherd's rod was about a two-foot-long oak club with a round head on top that that often had sharp pieces of metal that are just pounded into it. And the shepherd would use this powerful rod as a weapon to ward off any attacking animals and thieves who tried to harm his sheep. So that was his weapon, his, his rod. His other tool, a shepherd's staff, well, you've seen that, that 
pole with a crook on the end. It was a pole with one end bent or, or hooked. And he used his staff as an instrument to assist his sheep in any number of ways. It wasn't just one way. For example, he could use it to pry some sheep loose from the thickets or to push some branches aside as they walked or to pull a sheep out from a hole that, that he might have fallen into or even to beat down some high grass to drive out hiding creatures like snakes. Now, both the rod and the staff were what? They were symbols of the shepherd's strength and his power. These were the tools of his trade that he used to protect the sheep from wild animals, harming them, and and really from doing harm to themselves, which sheep were prone to do. And David's point, his whole point in telling us this, is to impress upon us the power of our divine shepherd. He is what we call omnipotent, all-powerful. Therefore, as we walk through those dark valleys, we are comforted by the fact that no one can defeat our shepherd. They might be able to defeat 15-year-old Abdul or any shepherd, but not our shepherd. No, because our shepherd is strong, stronger than anything and anyone else. As long as he, our omnipotent, loving, kind, tender, sovereign, good shepherd, stands guard over us, protecting us, we have no reason to fear. None at all. Folks, that's David's testimony, and it needs to be our testimony as well. That's the point of verse 4. Now, this morning, we've seen, and we've been seeing all along through our studies of Psalm 23, how wonderful our shepherd is, and how wonderfully he deals with us concerning our fears that we struggle with. But you know what? Our shepherd has already dealt with the greatest fear that any of us could have, and that is the fear of death in laying down his life for the sheep. He has saved us from our sins. He has delivered us from hell. That's the greatest fear any of us can have, the fear of dying and going to hell. The Bible says that the Lord's Supper then is to be observed by God's people as a reminder of that great truth that Christ died for his people. And we are to observe it when we gather, and we do this at Lakeside once a month, sometimes in the morning, sometimes at night. This morning, we have come to the Lord's table to remember Jesus Christ, to remember what he's done for us, to give him praise, to give him thanksgiving for being such a wonderful shepherd, and to make sure that our sins are all confessed, to make sure that we're not hiding any any sin in our hearts and holding on to it. In 1 Corinthians, the apostle Paul speaks very strongly about this. So let me just give a, a warning. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul speaks about how we are to get together. And he says, verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then he says, whoever eats, eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, that would mean a manner in which you are holding on to sin and not repenting and confessing it, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself And in so doing, he is then to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So I say to you, if there's unconfessed sin in your life, confess it now. Repent of it now 
and then take the elements. But if not, don't, because the Lord will discipline you, the Bible says. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, in that he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, he said, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. So God takes this very seriously. Make sure that your hearts are right with the Lord. Now, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, always we urge you to turn from your sins, to trust Christ, to be your Savior, your Lord, your personal shepherd before it's too late. When you die, it's too late. So we urge you to trust Christ. If you turn to him, he will forgive you of your sins, make you a child of God, begin to transform your character, and when you die, he will take you to heaven. But if not, if you have not trusted Christ, then what you should do today, just let the elements pass you by. The Lord's Supper is is an ordinance only for those who have received Christ as their Savior. So let me lead in prayer, and then our men will begin to pass out the elements. Father, thank you for being shepherd to us, strong, powerful. Lord, no one can defeat you. And even when you let us experience some painful things, we know it's for our own good, Lord. We know you're still with us. So I pray that what we've, what we've taught from your word this morning has been encouraging to all of us. I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to, to reckon the fact that you are with us even when we can't feel you. Even when we're tempted to think that, that you've abandoned us, we know that you, you won't. We've studied in Psalm 22 that Christ was abandoned while on the cross so that we would never be abandoned. Thank you, Lord, for those promises. And help us to not walk by our feelings, our emotions. So easy to do that. Help us to walk by faith, to count on your promise even when we can't feel it. And Lord, I pray now as we come to your table, help us to come so respectful of you, in awe of you, thanking you, praising you, remembering what you've done in our lives. I pray for, for those who may still be straying and wandering, but they know you. I pray that you will convict them of their sin and they will repent and thus take the Lord's Supper and be obedient to you. I pray for those who still don't know you, Father. We pray that you'll open their, their eyes to see their own sin, their hearts to the gospel, that they might be gloriously redeemed and rescued from their sin. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The 16th century Spanish mystic and poet John of the Cross wrote, Live in faith and hope, though it be in darkness. For in darkness God protects the soul. Cast your care upon God, for you are his, and he will not forget you. Do not think that he is leaving you alone, for that would be to wrong him. We've probably all heard it said that worry is like a rocking chair. It doesn't really do anything, but it keeps you occupied for a while. Well, actually, worry does do something. It insults Jesus who promised to be with us always, and it breaks our Heavenly Father's heart because He loves us with such a mighty love that He gave His own precious Son to save our souls from the eternal punishment we deserve. Persistent worry and fear say to Him, I do not trust you or your promises. It doesn't mean that our initial response of shock or dread when disasters come upon us is sinful, but willfully remaining in a state of fear once we've had time to consider our good shepherd's power and presence, well, I'm sorry, but that is sinful. I hope our study of Psalm 23 will help to encourage and equip you to choose to trust your good shepherd, especially when you face the dark valleys of life. This is Verse by Verse, and our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Stop in and meet him sometime if you're in the area. The address is 1893 Sunset Point Road. 
For more information about Lakeside, visit the website, www.lakesidechapel.com. Here's another web address for you to bookmark in your web browser, versebyverseradio.org. That's the place to go if you want to download or listen again to today's lesson. In fact, you can find just about every verse-by-verse program that we've produced over the years right there in the message archive. They're all available at no cost to you. However, there is a cost to this ministry in producing and airing these radio Bible classes, as well as in maintaining the website. If you feel led by God to help with those expenses, either monthly or occasionally, we make that easy to do at our website. So far in Psalm 23, David compared God to a shepherd and us to his sheep. But in verse 5, he set aside that analogy because, well, frankly, it was not adequate for what he wanted to express next. He said in verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is Jerry Peterson, and I hope you can join us for the next Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve Kreloff begins to unpackage this description of the incredible blessings God has planned for anyone who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse. We are here to give you strength between. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.